Test, test. And hello again. Welcome to Ron Siegel Radio. This is the show with no real boundaries as we discuss current events, financial markets, politics, sports. Even poking fun at the rest of the media. This is the show that connects the dots of confusion delivered by conflicting media reports. We connect the dots so you know the actions you can take. How your family or business can benefit from current events. Most of all, thank you for joining me. Within every market, there are solutions as well as tremendous opportunities. You just need some trusted guidance. That is my message, and I will be delivering it every day. Focus, Joe. We only chat about items that affect the roof over your head, your bank account, and anything I feel would benefit you. But before we get into our intriguing content today, please join me in welcoming our featured guests. And now we can actually call them repeat offenders <laughs> Mary Walters and Sam Samantha Raleigh in the house. Welcome. Hello, hello. Glad to have you ladies with us. And let me remind you if you ever have any more finance related questions. I am the consumer advocate looking out for you, and you can reach out to me directly, 800-306-1990, 800-306-1990, or com. Just remember, that's the number you call anytime for assistance. When you call that number, it comes directly to me first. There are no operators standing by. I am it. While I do have a great team when it comes to developing a financing plan, a plan to save you money, I personally work with you, even if you don't have any needs today. Save this number in your phone for future reference, 800-306-1990. Interesting celebrations today because it is National Thomas Jefferson Day. We'll talk about freedom in a little bit in my opening monologue. National Scrabble Day, it's about all you can do right now. National Peach Cobbler Day, who's going out peach hunting? I don't know. And National Make Lunch Count. I don't know. I make every meal count, but that's a different issue. I'm not going to be celebrating too many lunches today or any time in the near future, depending upon what happens. But we'll continue that conversation. Dow Jones Industrial Average down now 380 points. S&P 500 down 38 points. NASDAQ down 32 Oil showing a little bit of an uptick, up 29 cents per barrel. We'll talk about that one as well. The U.S. 10-year Treasury, 0.729. Germany is the only one now with a negative interest rate, negative 0.347 is what they're getting in Germany. But let's talk about freedom. And, yes, I do get chastised quite a bit because I have a different take on a lot of this quarantine issue. I, you know, and there's no doubt about it. We can certainly empathize with everybody that's going through these problems. We can certainly sympathize with those who have lost loved ones. But I just looked. As of 8.27 a.m., Orange County Register, 
we've got a total of 1,277 instances of coronavirus in Orange County, California, 1,277. We have a total of 19 deaths in Orange County, California. Yeah, 19. But what are we trading? And I don't say you trade life ever. That's not my point right here. But I'm going to tell you that I know more people personally, not, not as a whole. Obviously, I can read all these numbers. I know more people right now that are facing death because of quarantine than because of coronavirus. Got a dear friend of mine whose father cannot get treatment for his cancer. So instead of taking him out of the home that he's in where they won't get him treatment, they put him on hospice and said, sorry. Right? How do you, how do you think that makes the son feel? Very, very good friend of mine. You know, a couple other instances the same way. Then you look from a different standpoint and you say, a friend of mine in Kern County, he is a superintendent of schools, says that because of what's going on right now, they're going to have to reduce their school budget to 2008 levels. 2008 levels. Now, I didn't look at what, how many deaths and how many occurrences they've had of coronavirus in Kern County. But if they're anywhere close, they've got, they're more rural than we are in Orange County with our 19 deaths. It comes an issue to me of personal responsibility. If you're one of the 1,277 that are affected, or if you're in the, the class of people that are susceptible, you should be self-quarantining. You should be taking personal responsibility. But then you look and say, should the government be telling everybody else in the entire county, all 3 million people, that they have to stop their lives for this? Now, we know if we look back at the Great Depression, suicides went rampant. Now, we also know right now that the Suicide Prevention Center is getting overloaded with calls. We know business owners are losing their businesses. We know people don't realize it yet because they've got this misrepresentation from the governor that they can just stop making mortgage payments. Well, what happens when that six-month or three-month forbearance expires and your lender says, pay up all of it, right? Because that's the way these are written right now is pay up all of it. Are you going to be able to come up with three or four or seven months worth of mortgages? Or then we're going to end up going back into the same situation that we were in 2009, 2010, when we've got to go through loan modifications. Do you remember what that was like? going through loan modifications, because that's the only solution right now. It's not an automatic modification to help you pay that back. The idea is pay up. Think about the seniors right now in high school who are not going to have a prom and are not going to have a graduation because 3 million people are under quarantine in Orange County, California, because there's 1,277 people that have got this horrible virus that's caused 19 deaths. Proms, graduations, look at the next level to what's going on after that. Juniors who are saying, well, how do I take my SATs? How do I take my ACTs? What about those that get college scholarships in athletics? Yeah, they start looking you at your junior year, and they already wiped out all of junior year baseball. Junior year basketball was pretty much wiped out. All of the spring sports are gone, right? 
All of this because the government thinks they know best. We're going to quarantine the entire country. We're going to quarantine the entire state. We're going to tell everybody, stay home. Now, I've been calling, referring to our state as Calizuela for a long time, right? But now we actually act like Venezuela. We're actually doing the same things that they do in Venezuela, right? You can't go out. You have to put a face mask on. I saw some a friend of mine who I'm going to be chatting with later this afternoon. He and his wife went hiking, and they got a $1,000 ticket on their car because they were parked somewhere where they say you shouldn't be. Again, it's just an issue of personal responsibility. And again, I, the, the people that are susceptible, don't we take that seriously in any event? Are we going to start branding people? Right? I, if you're watching us on ronsegalradio.tv, you probably noticed that I am a little bit oversized. Maybe I am a lot oversized. So if I go into a restaurant, are they going to start saying, well, you're not allowed to order that dessert because the government says no desserts for people that are obese because they are at a higher risk of death. Am I going to have to go out and say to, or somebody that has diabetes, going to have to put a D on their shirt saying, hey, I've got diabetes and they're going to only be able to select certain items from a menu because the government says that a lot of people die from diabetes every year? Are we going to do the same thing with heart disease? Are all of these things going to be where we are heading this, with, with, with this ourselves? I'm just throwing that out there to say, is this the country that we want? Is this the country that our founders, is this a, being, I think I said that it was what Thomas Jefferson Day, they died for our freedom, right? Is this, the, is this what we're, we're planning on saying is we want to leave for our kids and our grandkids? Is the society that we're in today? I listened to an interview with the lieutenant governor of Texas. He is in the uh, vulnerable class. He is in his mid-70s with other comorbidities. And he said, you know something? I'd rather take my chances than leave the country that we're in right now to my kids and grandkids. Interesting thought. It's not a matter of not empathizing. It's not a matter of not believing what the government is saying or what the scientists are saying. It's a matter of, is this the freedom that we want? Are we able to take personal responsibility to make sure that we look after ourselves, our loved ones? I've got a mother-in-law. We don't want her to leave the house. She's going to be 80 next week, right? That's personal responsibility, right? We can bring food to her. We can bring her everything she possibly needs other than a trip to the market, right? But the idea there is... The, the whole concept is personal responsibility, family responsibility, and not taking away all of these things from our kids and grandkids, nieces, nephews, because we think that the governor or the mayor knows best. Really? Does that make any sense to anybody? Am I, you know, am I coming up with any logic right there? Obviously, I can actually see nowadays we've actually got the ability right now to show comments on the broadcast. I think it shows comments on the broadcast. Uh, I think I just showed my friend Dan Gray. He's got a nice comment on there. Yeah, I'm glad you like the sanitizer. Okay, so yeah, some people say, no, I don't make sense. I guess they don't believe in the idea of personal responsibility. But hey, that's fine. I look forward to your comments, your commentary. But today we've got a bigger or another subject as well. 
How about where we are in real estate? And the ladies are going to help me go through this one today. We've got five questions we're going to answer about real estate today. When is the economy going to recover? Are we going into a recession? Is this going to be like, we're probably already in a recession, right? Is this going to be like 2008? What about all those job losses? What should I do right now? All that and more, you can reach me anytime. Our off-air number, 800-306-1990, or ronsegalradio.com. Connect with us, facebook.com forward slash ronsegalradio on Twitter, at ronsegal. And if you miss any part of our broadcast, shame on you. But the replay will be available, Ron Siegel 1 on YouTube. Ron Siegel, the number one on YouTube. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few. We're clear. My wife would have left herself. <laughs> You hear what we're saying in the studio? Tell me again. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Mitchell, you can hear me? Okay, thank you. Here we go. 
Welcome back to Ron Siegel Radio. Within every market, there are solutions as well as tremendous opportunities. You just need some trusted guidance. That is my message, and I will be delivering it every day on Ron Siegel Radio or anytime at 800-306-1990, 800-306-1990. The Mortgage Minute today being brought to you by our friends at Gold Star Mortgage. When you're ready for that next mortgage, Gold Star has the programs and the products. You just need to make the call, 800-306-1990. Let's take a look at the markets for you right now. Dow Jones Industrial Average now down 338 points. The NASDAQ is down 23 points. We'll look and see if my computer wakes up here for me. S&P 500 is down 49. 10-year Treasury up one basis point. Mortgage-backed securities, they're down 22 basis points, which means interest rates are up just a little bit. Money printing, though, that is more of what we're going to be talking about right now in in the Mortgage Minute because that's what's really happening right now in the UK. With their, in, in Europe, they're actually going to the printing presses and saying, okay, we'll just go and print out another batch of $100 pound bills or whatever they call them over there. Think about that. that you know what that's going to do? That just causes inflation. So that's not an idea. It's a bit scary because then the next thing is we can start doing that here. We have not done that here. But we could see a lot of inflation, meaning prices on everything would increase. The Consumer Price Index, though, which measures inflation on a consumer level, came in at zero, a negative 0.4% month of March. Additionally, the year-over-year reading decreased from 2.3% to 1.6% year-over-year. A big part of the decline was due to oil prices. I guess they just look at the price of oil because who's buying it based on the grow of the storage capacity or storage amounts last month or last week, no one's buying. The more important core rate, which strips out volatile food and energy, was down 0.1% month over month. Year over year, it dropped from 24 to 2.1%. Rents up 3.7% year over year, down from 3.8%. So they can raise the price, no one's going to pay it. You saw what 30% of the people did not pay their rent in the month of April. Rental market will be interesting, and you'll see more demand in suburban areas and less demand in cities. Can you see New York City? Yeah, no one wants to live on top of each other. I wonder what's going to be happening in areas like the Platinum Triangle over there in Anaheim by the stadium where they've got all of those um, high, the, the, the four stories where people, people don't want to walk or, or have to drive to work. They can just get on public, tra- public transportation. Uh-oh. Got a problem there. Initial jobless claims going to be interesting to look at once again. There were estimates thrown out that we could lose, could be a 20% unemployment, 20% unemployment. Yeah, not going to be a good idea. The labor force is approximately 160 million of individuals. And before the coronavirus, the unemployment rate was 3.5%, which equates to about 5.6 million unemployed. We're going to talk a lot about that this morning because we've got a great chart that shows where are these people that are unemployed and all of the folks that are gone gone on unemployment, do we think they're going to be coming back into the workplace? We're gonna talk about that in as we answer these five questions, but that was the Mortgage Minute brought to you by our friends at Gold Star Mortgage. 
When is the economy going to recover? Are we going into a recession? Is this going to be like 2008? What about all those job losses? What should I do right now? First question, when is the economy going to recover? I don't know. <laughs> you guys have an answer to that one? I do not. Okay. Well, the, the answer is going to be pretty simple. As soon as we have a vaccine and as soon as we have medication for this coronavirus, the economy will recover. Pretty simple. When that'll be, we have no idea, right? I mean, that's going to be, but right now we are on pause. Everything is on pause. The entire economy is on pause, but let's take a look at the next idea here and, and the idea of a V-type recovery, right? That's a fascinating one because we're looking at, we're, we're, we're just looking at some research that the ladies and I have in front of us. That we're going to share with you. Right, Goldman Sachs, they're, uh, they're the, the blue line. I wish I could get this to show up on the screen for you, for everybody watching. For some reason, it does not show up very clearly when I put it on the screen here. It shows way too small. So otherwise, I, we would share it with you. But all, it looks like almost all these people are contemplating a pretty strong recovery pretty quickly, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that's the idea here. When we talk about a V recovery, it's basically we – in fact, I, I would say that this line that we're looking at here going from going down – Probably should have been a little steeper, didn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but we bounced right back up. There's looking like. Yeah, Goldman Sachs basically, at JP Morgan says we're going to, it's going to be the strongest. Or no, it's Morgan Stanley says the strongest. JP Morgan says the weakest, but all of them are saying a big uh, recovery by the third quarter, right? That'd be uh, what, July, August, and September? Is that if I can count? If my, I had to take my shoes off to get that one up there properly. Right, but, that, but it's, it's coming back quick. That's the whole point of what we're looking at right here is that their whole contemplation is that the economy will come back quickly. And I think we've got a quote from John Burns Consulting. Mary, you got that one for us? I do. It says, historical analysis showed us that pandemics are usually V-shaped. Sharp recessions that recover quickly enough to provide little damage to home prices. And some very cutting and search engine analysis by our information management team showed the current slowdown is playing out similarly thus far. So the idea here, and we can chat about it. I mean, I'm, I'm open to any, any thoughts. Do you guys agree, disagree? I mean, John Burns, a big company, they, they don't necessarily know any more than we do, mm -hmm. right? They're just kind of guessing out there. But I mean, what do you think? Uh, do you think that we should see us? Do you think that the, from the people you talk to, I mean, we can't go see people, we can talk, right? Do you see a pent up demand? Are people wanting to get out there and go shopping, go to restaurants, go to movies, go hiking? Definitely are. And that's something we talked about last week on our leadership call, you know, over here on the real estate side of things. Is as soon as everyone is allowed to go back outside, there's going to be that pent-up demand for buyers yeah. to go out there. Because I think right now everyone's sort of sitting on the fence. They don't really know what to do. There are people still listening to their home. There's still people buying. There's always going to be those people who need to buy and sell in any market. But right now with all the summer heat, in it, once I think it's sort of clear to go, there's all that kind of thing that's just going to come as a huge wave. I think that's a, a great analysis because there's so many people that really just want to get out there and, and do something, right? I mean, they, they were waiting through the through, for the kids to get out of school to go by. We're going to talk about how many people just have boatloads of, of um, equity, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of people with a lot of equity out there in their homes 
And we're going to have to see what, what do those people want to do? What are they, what are they able to do? They've been waiting till the summer months when it's a little more convenient. And I wonder if the summer has been taken away, right? That's going to be the big question is, is the summer gone? Harvard gave us another study there, Samantha or Sam, why don't you give us that one? If you have that in front of you. It's worth looking back at history to place a potential impact path of COVID-19 empirically. In fact, V-shapes monopolize the, well, these are empirical, empirical landscape. landscape of shocks, including epidemics such as SARS, the 1968 H3N2, Hong Kong flu, 1958 H2N2, Asian flu, and the 1918 Spanish flu. So basically, we've been here before. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, uh, even as old. Well, I guess I was around for the 1968 Hong Kong flu. SARS was all was just a couple few years ago, right? So, um, and we had MERS. They didn't even put that one in there. But we like to look at history just to kind of try and predict the future, right? So we were talking before. I went. It's not that that uh, J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs were so smart, right? They just look at the same stuff and they say, okay what happens in the past. And, and it's kind of what we were just talking about, right? I mean, people are waiting. They're, they're, they're hoping to get, get out of their houses, yes. right? They want to get on with their lives. And it, it's like a, a rubber band. We keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And as soon as we let go, we're going to see what's happening. So the question then becomes, are we in a recession? And I'm going to say we're probably already there, right? I mean, it's, when you look and see, and we never know about a recession until it's till it's down the road, mm-hmm. right? Because the recession, basically, the definition, two consecutive quarters of a negative GDP, right? So in, in the first quarter, you certainly don't know because you don't find out the numbers until the fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, when they do all the revisions, right? So the, the question then becomes, okay, if that's the case, then we have to wait until... If, it, if we went into a recession in March, we're not going to know that until May or June. And the second one, we're not going to know until October. And they've already told us we're going to be out of it by then if we, if we get things going, right? I mean, there's definitely a slowdown ahead. We know that. There's no question about that part of it, right? I mean, none of us are going out to the movies. We're not going out to, to dinner. We're not going out to do anything fun right now, right? So we know that there is a slowdown. But – you think the slowdown is going to have any effect on housing? No. You're not hearing that? You don't believe that that's going to be the... Nope. No. So I was looking at numbers, what was it, last week, and they were comparing it to the 2008 and how it's not in it. It can't even be compared because of the number of homes that were on the market at the time in 2008 compared to now, that it was five times more back then. So when everything stopped, sort of, you know... Right. That makes sense. I mean, so right. So just looking at the number of homes, there still is not enough supply and demand. Supply there, really. It's not the demand there, the supply that we're having the shortage with. And back then, there was so much supply and not enough demand. Big, big difference. We're going to get into. We're going to do some a deep dive into that one in a minute. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up, Mary. <laughs> right? Because that's going to. That's going to. Because it does not equal a housing crisis by any stretch. In fact. We've got a, a comment here, and I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm getting some of these things to show up on our computer there. But Mary's got this one from Doug Bryan, CEO of Mind Property Management. You have that in front of you, that, his quote? I don't. 
Oh, quote. the quote, the quote. quote. <laughs> I was like, the comment, no. Well, um, wait, you know something to say that. We're going to talk about it when we come back. We're going to talk about <laughs> does a does there is a recession, does it equal a housing crisis? That will be our topic when we come back. You can reach me anytime. Our off-air number, 800-306-1990, 800-306-1990, or ronsegalradio.com. Connect with us, facebook.com, forward slash ronsegalradio on Twitter, at Ron Siegel. And if you miss any part of our broadcast, Shame on you, but the replay is available, Ron Siegel 1 on YouTube. Ron Siegel, the numeral one on YouTube. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few. Can you hear me, Mindy? Chat window. Thumb up, whatever. Okay. I have to figure out why we keep why the, the mute. Welcome back to Ron Siegel Radio. Within every market, there are solutions as well as tremendous opportunities. You just need some trusted guidance. 
That is my message, and I will be delivering it every day on Ron Siegel Radio or anytime at 800-306-1990. So we have been doing a little bit of a chat today, and we're talking about real estate. We're talking about what most people want to know about real estate in this market. Obviously, most of us have not – actually – None of us have really seen a market like this before. You're going to be talking to the most seasoned of individuals, and they've never seen a market like this because right, it's, it's uh, something very, very new, right? It's, it's, it's unusual. We're not there. We haven't been there before. Very few of us have been around since the last time we had a pandemic like this one, Spanish flu back in 1917. Haven't seen too many people around since that time. Although our friend Jay Kaplan that comes on, he he was the only one I know of that was on was around back then. Just throw that out there to harass him. Sometimes he does listen to us. But we've been talking about uh, five questions that we're hearing most often. When is the economy going to recover? Are we going into a recession? Is this going to be like 2008? What about all those job losses? What should I do right now? Those are the questions we've answered some of them. But we're going into looking at a deep dive right now on what some of these numbers look like, where some of these numbers are going to be, and what some of the most talented of people are telling us about the, the, the marketplace and the market that we're in, the market that we're going into. I am being uh, joined this morning. Samantha Raleigh, Mary Walters from Realty Pro 100 are with us, sharing what they're hearing within their firm, and we're also going through and looking at some of the information that comes out. I get a monthly report. We get a monthly report from our friend Steve Harney over at Keeping Current Matters because right now, Keeping Current matters, right? And we're going to look at uh, the CEO of Mind Property Management, Doug Green. Mary has that quote from him today. So he says, with the exception of two recessions, the Great Recession from 2007 to 2009 and the Gulf War Recession from 1990 to 1991, no other recessions have impacted the U.S. housing market, according to Freddie Mac Home Price Index data collected from 1975 to 2018. Pretty fascinating when we look at that one, and then we go and, and go to the chart on that of what's happened because so many people. I mean, do you ladies see that? There are, are people saying that you know, hey, are we going back to that that time period? So, Sam, you were actually sharing a little bit earlier about this meme you keep seeing online about. Oh, you yes. want to sort of explain? Yes. So, um, a bunch of excuse me, my millennial friends out there are posting this meme with the guy standing like behind the tree with like, you know, his hands together, like, what's coming next? And it just says me waiting for the housing market to drop so I can buy a home. And I'm just sitting there like, hmm, no. <laughs> so why do you, why do you think not? What, what, what is leading you to believe that? How are you able to communicate that to other millennials? Okay. Well, um, it's kind of just going back to what Mary just said. You know, the supply is not there and the demand is there. We also want to buy homes. Right. But, I mean, getting that to them, I don't know. I mean, we're millennials, but, like, they're, they just don't – they're not grasping that. And I guess maybe it's just because they're not in it. Well, I was going to say, too, for millennials, I mean, we haven't been through a lot of recessions. Right. So I think we keep looking back at seeing it 2008, 2009. And, oh, my gosh, that was the recession, the – Housing, you know, yes. crash everything. There was so the prices were slashed, 
I think that's all they have a recollection of, and that's what they're waiting for. But then on hand, it's not the same. And Do you guys remember the 2001 recession? Were you too young? I was too young. Okay. <laughs> so, so 2001, obviously, we had the dot-com bubble burst, mm -hmm. right? And we can look at the charts because we've got them in front of us, five recessions. 2008 and 1991 were the only times we even saw prices go down at all. Mm -hmm. And 1991 was down so little that it's almost like a negotiation, right? I mean, you see, when you look at, at, at real estate contracts, you probably see people get more of a discount of, of 2% frequently, don't you? Mm -hmm. Right? And that's all that the pricing went down in the, that whole recession. So every other one, it goes up. Sam, do you think that your friends, when you hear, when you see that, if you tell them that most of the time in a recession, real estate goes up, does that have, does the education process help at all? Well, yes. Um, I'm just not, just what she just said, we haven't experienced anything like right. this. So, of course, we want we want the housing prices to go down. But, I mean, well, for personal reasons. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think that sharing something like this is super important because, again, we just, we've never experienced anything like that. We're just sitting there like, which is smart. I mean, obviously, we all of us can only go by what we know, what we've experienced, right? right. That's, that's how we all make our decisions is based on what do we know, what have we experienced. And if we only know, we only recall 2008, we say, okay, real estate prices have to go down, you know, 20%, which is what they did nationally. I know there's some places in San Bernardino and Riverside County went down more. Some places in Orange County went down significantly less, right? But the idea is what's going to happen – the, 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 the big question that always comes up is it's the what if, right? What if I, what if it doesn't go down, right? What, what are you going to do then? Because the real estate prices, even though they went down so much in 2008, they've all come back already, right? And they, they came back several years ago, right? We, we look, we saw probably by 2015, 16, they were all back. So if, if this is like that one, then those people that waited might make sense. But were interest rates did not drop like they are now. Like 2007, 2008, 2009, 2000. Heck, you couldn't even get a loan in 2010, even if you had a great job, which some people think they have a good job right now, but are not getting paid. Right? So that's a, that's a big issue. But Mark Fleming, chief economist, first American, He's basically saying the same thing. Many still bear scars from the Great Recession. Now, most of your friends, your, your compatriots, they, they didn't own real estate in 2008, did they? No. So they just saw what their parents went through, their grandparents went through. Right? So many still bear scars from the Great Recession. Man may expect the housing market to follow a similar trajectory in response to the coronavirus outbreak. But there are distinct differences that indicate the housing market may follow a much different path while housing led the recession. Notice that key word, housing led the recession. In 2008, 2009, this time it may be poised to bring us out of the recession. That's from Mark Fleming. So why would you think that housing, the difference here? Well, when you have one, the industry led it before, that was the cause of a recession. You think that the housing is the cause now? No. No, it's a virus, right? But there's nothing there's nothing even close there. So let's take a look at housing crashes, depression. We're going to look at some other numbers, some statistics right here. Housing and mortgage crash, S&P correction from 10,000, from 10 of, uh, easy for me to say, 
October of 2000 to March of 2009, down 51%. So we saw at that time housing drop four points, almost, what, 19% there? Not close to that. The annual home price depreciation was 19%. Ah, that's where they come up with that number, but the S&P 500 down 51%. We're not down anywhere close to that right now. We've got another quote here, David Rosenberg. Got a lot of quotes today. Right? It means we, it means we don't have to talk as much, but we because you know one of the nice things is you and I, all three of us can have our opinions, right? These guys get paid six figure, seven figure salaries to have to, to go back and do some research for us to share. Sam, why don't you share share this one if you would? What 9-11 has in common with what is happening today is that this shock has also generated fear against and anxiety among the general public. People avoided crowds then as they believe another terrorist attack was coming and are acting the same today to avoid getting sick. The same parts of the economy are under pressure. Airlines, leisure, hospitality, restaurants, entertainment, consumer discretionary services. You know what? Uh, cut myself out of uh, uh, being able to be heard nowadays. Okay, I think we, I think our our mic is back. So th- that part I think sounds a lot like where we are today, right? Nine eleven, right? I mean, nobody wants to go to. Well, we all want to go to a restaurant. They just won't let us, right? We all want to do leisure activities. We want to go on vacations, trips. Um, spring break, I think, uh, was kind of cut short, not by anybody's desire. Right, all of these things are taking place still, like they did in on nine eleven. That's probably more, more uh, uh, a higher correlation than two thousand eight. Right, so the during the that time, the dot com bubble and nine eleven, the S and P five hundred was down forty five percent. But look at that! What happened with housing? Appreciating. Yeah, when what, those are some pretty significant. Which I don't have that on the screen for for our viewers to watch, but those are some pretty significant numbers that housing actually took a big, big increase during from at nine during 9-11. Right? I think part of that could be because 9-11 was a basic, you know, I don't want to be callous because I was pretty close to it there. It was a week, right? 9-11 was, I think, a Tuesday. By Friday, people were sort of doing things. We still had the same scare factor. But it's the same V-shape that we were talking about very early. So 2000, 8.6% increase. 2001, 6.6. 2002, up 8.5%. That's what, uh, 16, 22, uh, 25%. Pretty close to that. 25% appreciation in those three years. So it's giving us a good indication that this is not going to be very much, very similar to what we saw back then. Annual home price appreciation. The six years leading up to the crash. This is something that a lot of people don't ever want to take into account. I want to see if you guys hear this at all. 2000, we, look at those numbers. They're up 8.6 from 2000 through 2005. 8.6, 6.5, 8.5, 8.7, 12.5, 11.4. There will be no quiz after this, mm-hmm. right? But the idea there is one of the things that I want to share and, and bring out very, very vocally. Whenever prices go up abnormally quick, they can go down abnormally quick. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
So our norm is, is that real estate appreciates over the last 60 years at a 3.9% appreciation. So Mary, you've got the numbers there for the last six years, right? Yes. Go for it. Uh, starting 2014, 4.4, 5.2, 5.5, 6.4, 4.8, 4.7. Other than 2017, none of them are significantly above our 3.6, 3.9 traditional numbers, mm-hmm. right? So we're not saying that they're, they're going to go down, but the idea here is, is we don't really think that they're going to go. They're not being, they're not acting abnormal. They're not acting out of the ordinary leading into this pandemic. Why would we expect to see something that much different? Now, in 2010, 11, 12, you guys, were you in the business then? I was not. Okay, 10, 11, 12? No. Okay. So back during that time frame, if we look on the chart here, that I, I think I'm showing, I don't know if I got that chart. Yep. You couldn't get a mortgage, right? Even good people couldn't, people with a good steady job couldn't get a mortgage. Can you get a mortgage now? Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult, right? What I would say right now is the exotics are, are a little more difficult. My bank statement loans are, are difficult. Wells Fargo got out of the jumbo business. That was because they were getting their hands slapped at the time. They might have to get back into it again, right? But for the most part, almost anybody that's got a steady job, whatever that might mean today, right, and a uh, good future, cash for down payment, or equity that they're cashing out, they can get a loan. Right, you're still closing loans here, right? Are closing more uh, transactions here? Yes. Right, so it's, have you seen a decrease in it, or the only ones that we've really seen fall on the escrow, what you're just talking about, is the sort of bank statement ones and such like that, the ones you can't really fall on their jobs. Exactly, people losing their jobs. Okay. But again, as long as they're they can still show the proof of income, all that, and apply for you know a normal mortgage. So a normal mortgage is what many of us would refer to the government-sponsored entity: Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae. Uh, VA, USDA, those type of loans that are, like you say, the traditional, the basics. So then we talk, start talking about, let's look at what's going on with inventory. Mary, I think you mentioned this earlier in our broadcast, right, that where the inventory was going, right? I mean, we're just not seeing a glut of inventory on the market, right? 2007, we had 8.2 months of inventory, 3.1 today. And I'm going to suggest that seems a little high to me. Right, three point one months. Yes, I would say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's right right yeah. Okay, so so we're on the same page there. Let's take a look at cash out. That's a big issue right now, is because. So Sam, this kind of goes to what you were saying a little bit earlier. Is you've got friends that are saying, "Okay, I'm going to wait." Right. right? I want to see the prices go down twenty percent. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably be shocked, mm-hmm. right? But but we kind of look at some of these different numbers. If I've got, if I'm older, right, you're, you're in the millennial group, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends that are selling a house to buy a house or cashing out of a house, right? right? But as an older person, I'm looking and saying, okay, I understand that I'm probably not going to get a mortgage at these kind of rates in the future, mm-hmm. right? So if I can cash out as much as possible at three, three and a quarter, two and three quarters, whatever the number is, take as much equity out of my property, what am I going to put it in? Real estate, mm-hmm. right? So if they do that, Sam's friends aren't going to be able to buy anything because I'm going to be their competition, yep. right? That's, so that's really what we're starting to look at right here. And if you look at the next slide that I'm going to try and show you on here, this is going to give you an idea of where how much equity there is. 
53.8% of the homes have at least 50% equity in the home, right? And that comes up from Bloomberg tells us 37% of homes are owned free and clear. And Adam Data tells us 26.7% of the mortgaged homes have at least 50% equity, right? So those are the competition for your friends, huh? Um, anybody that that believes in real estate as a as a great investment, right? Here's who they're competing with: is people that have a lot of money. And one of the things that we did hear about as we came out of the Great Recession, you guys probably heard this one also, is that everything's being bought by cash investors. Mm-hmm. You ever hear that one? Yeah. Well, look what we're talking about right here. These are the cash investors now. We're in Southern California, so the slide that we've, I've got on the screen right now is not going to be as meaningful from a total number because the percentage of median income needed to purchase a median-priced home, well, those are national numbers, right? So the median-priced home nationally is a little over $300,000. That'll buy you a garage here in Southern California. You might get the garage. You may not get it. Heck, some of the properties, you're not going to even get a garage. So let's talk about job losses, right, because uh, we've seen – just a couple job losses in the last three weeks, right? That's, and I'm going to suggest maybe, maybe, maybe you ladies have a different opinion on it. I don't know that these are really job losses. I think that they're more furloughs. Do you agree with that? I would agree. So your friends are are they are they getting fired, or are they just being told, "Hey, we don't we can't use you right now. Can't use you right now." So that's that's the whole issue. Can't hear you shake your head on me. I know, yet. I know. <laughs> I just throw that out there. Like, oh, I, so <laughs> I just just throw that out there. What the heck? We have a little fun on the show as well, right? So we talk about the job losses and we look at the layoffs and and unfortunately the chart that I have is even though it's only about uh, it was it was this is from about seven days ago, six days ago. It's outdated. Right, because it shows 3.34 million jobs lost the week of March 15 to 21. It shows 6.6 million the week of April 22nd. Following week was another 6 million. So we've got pretty close to 20 million jobs lost in three weeks. But the fascinating part to me, again, coming from our crack research, is where the job losses are. Right, when you look at this chart that we're just sharing right now, Food servers and drinking places, which I indulge in most frequently, think those places are going to come back 59.5%. Do you think those people are going to get their job? They're going to be recalled as soon as they are, the opportunity is there? Definitely, yeah. Okay, then we look at construction workers, 4.1%. Think those people are coming back? Yep. Healthcare office workers. Heck, in this building that we're in right now, I think there's a, an, a medical office. Okay. Now, they have to still see their patients because the pregnancies go on. Right, but there's a lot of places where you have elective surgeries. They're they're furloughed. Do you think some of those people that wanted to have a knee surgery that can't do it right now are going to come back? They're going to need it, right? Yeah. That's six. There's another six point one percent. Now I don't have young kids right now, but if I had young kids and I was stuck at home with, I mean, I was at home with them all day long. Rub it in. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> You're going to be uh, taking your child to child care. As soon as possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Those 2.7% are coming back. Temp services, retail trade. Anybody gone retail shopping? I mean, we've proven right now. One of the things that we have proven right now, Amazon is not a good resource for buying groceries. Yep. Right? 
I was starting to buy some groceries and things before all this went on at Walmart because they would deliver. They'd tell me they'd be there between this hour and that hour. Great resource. Not anymore, right? You can't trust them, right? So we better start thinking about what grocery stores are we going to go to to keep those guys in business. Those retail stores are going to come back, right? Hotels, that's the accommodation group, 4.1%, right? They're coming back. So the only thing that we really kind of question, right? Every, everything that's on the chart is coming back other than 9.8%. Goes back into leading to what we were talking about at the very top of the show was the V-shaped recovery, right? We can go right back to that same, I might be able to go back to that same slide. I'm not sure. I'm a little slow here this morning, right? But, but we've got the same idea right here that we go back to the same V-shaped recovery that we talked about, right? If all those people, other than 9.8%, everyone else is going back to work. Yeah. It's not going to take very long for that 9.8 to be, get eaten into also. Right, and here we see with why why these companies are saying we're looking at that V shape again on the assumption that we get that virus, the the vaccine or medication. I know that some places don't want to tell you to take the Z pack and the hydroxychloroquine, not the one for your fish tank. That's not a good one for you to eat, <laughs> right? And the zinc, but now we've got thousands of confirmations of that it works, right? So that's the idea there. Let's take a look at unemployment rates because we're going to go into that one next because we want to talk a little bit more about the unemployment rates. So we're, we saw in 2020 this year, we're going to really be looking, and I would say probably 15%. That's probably a conservative number for unemployment is my guess. Right? We've probably already passed 15% when you look at the amount of households that have lost their jobs. Great Recession, 6.8. Oh, I'm sorry. Go look at next year, 6.85 and then 4 is the projections, again, from Goldman Sachs. We like to use a little bit of a more conservative number there, unemployment rates and home sales. I love this chart, right, because it's one that kind of tells us that if we look at this chart on the on our, if you're, again, watching ronsingleradio.tv or if you're watching our replay on one of our socials, it's basically saying other than when housing led us into a recession, there's no correlation between unemployment and housing. Right? If you look at the housing, the home sales, they keep going up regardless of what, we, what the unemployment is doing. Yep. That makes sense? I don't know why it makes sense, but it does. That's, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, we're just reporting. Just the, the data. We're just, right, we're just looking at the crack data that comes out from the crack staff. Again, we're looking at unemployment rates compared to past financial crises, and you can see what some of the numbers have done there. And obviously, yeah, we are at a higher rate of unemployment than in many of the other in, in instances. But the question then becomes, Sam, we got to talk to your friends. What should they do now? So you can actually be the leader of, of the, the millennial group, right, is the, what they should be doing right now, right? Think that some of them should be watching us? Maybe they are watching us. I don't know. Right? Because this will give them a good idea. Interest rates are down. Prices are moderate. Right. Probably not going to get any worse. They might get a little bit worse in certain areas. Right? There's going to be some areas that are going to be hurt a little more than others. But the what should I do right now, that question, let's get into some of the data on that and see what we have there. Because I would I would assume that your your compatriots, your group is millennials. They probably have some desire for home ownership, right? Of course. And 
tell us what this one is. Give us a give us this read, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, homeownership is an important source of wealth creation, enabling current homeowners and succeeding generations to move up the Wow. <laughs> I, I thought it was an easy one for you. I don't know why I gave it to you. I swear. See what happens when you're reading Dr. Seuss all day? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can teach you fourth grade. Okay. So <laughs> there we go, yeah. right? So so the bottom line here is, I mean, I, I look at it and I, I, I say this to my kids all the time. Because my kids are probably in the site, don't know your ages, but I've probably got kids about your age. Right now is the time to be looking at your entire future. Mary, you talked about this last time about wanting a rental home because you already own one. Yes. Right? Look at what, what you'll have if you can take advantage of this market. Right? And when we went into the, the Great Recession, interest rates were at 7.5%. Right? And we thought that was a good rate. I mean, we were doing those all day long, not a problem at all. 7.5%, good deal. Right? But now we look at it and we say, so if I said the seven and a half percent to somebody, right, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be they would, they would start laughing at us unless it was one of those exotic loans that went away, right? Yeah. So now it's a great time to get into that wealth creation. We're going to see something that probably well, Linda Eisenman is on with us. She's seen this, but it's something called an AITD, and we're not going to get into that one today. But that is going to be the loan product of the future. And it basically was a way that people could spare themselves the problem of getting the high interest rates. It was something we used back in the 80s that we were able to maintain an interest rate for people. When we're looking at 13% interest rates, and they had significantly lower interest rates. So the question is, do you think we've done our job today? Have we, got, have we, have we discussed this idea? We've got the five questions. Uh, let's see if I can find them again in here. I think I've got them. When's the economy going to recover? I think we've got that one. Are we going into a recession? Obviously, we're not. Is this going to be like 2008? No. no. Okay, we got that one covered. Job losses, we know that they're happening. We don't want to, we're not going to put our head in the sand on that. But it looks like about everything but 9.8% is going to come right back pretty quick. Right? And Sam, what should we do right now? Buy home. There you go, and we don't even we don't even need to have the uh, the fourth grade the, the, the fourth grade teacher the fourth grade teacher's got got that answer for us. And as always, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, as always, we ask set that first radio preset button to come back here and join Ron Siegel Radio, where we only speak about items affecting your house and your bank account. Thanks to all of our sponsors. If you want to meet the ladies, chat with them about real estate. Give me a call at eight hundred three zero six nineteen ninety. I'd be happy to put you in touch with them. And remember. Make a lot of money so you can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on Ron Segal Radio.